Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, WAG listeners, it's Allison, reminding you that this show cannot be made without you. If you've been thinking about becoming a Candleland supporter, we're having a pretty great sale right now. You'll get premium ad-free feeds of all Canada Land shows, discounts on merch from our store, and exclusive bonus episodes from some of our podcasts. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to become a Canada Land supporter. So from now until the end of May, we have a special offer for our listeners. For $2 a month, you can become a supporter and do your part to ensure we can continue making this show. And we really like making this show for you. Basically, nothing costs $2 anymore. You could, like, get a bag of candy, a locker at a public swimming pool. I've been honestly trying to think of something that cheap, and I'm not getting far. So sign up for just $2 a month for the next six months. Just go to canadaland.com join, or click the link in your show notes to become a supporter today. What a night! We have made history. Wow, I, I'm just so grateful, so, so grateful. And I'm going to keep working to earn your confidence each and every day. I'm going to keep doing that. But tonight, it's time for me to pass the torch, to pass the baton to hand off the leadership of the NDP. And you know what? It makes me sad, but it makes me happy because our team is so strong right now. Earlier this evening, I informed our party president of my decision to step down from the leadership of our party. As I was walking back uh, from my car to my apartment after leaving the Congress Center tonight, I was thinking about how, like, four years and six months ago, the concept of Doug Ford running for the PCs at all, let alone running for, like, the PC leadership or, or premier was, like, a joke, right? <laughs> and now he's completely dominated Queen's <laughs> Park. Like, he's got three leaders of major parties now have stepped aside because of him. He's um, just reelected with a bigger majority than last time. <laughs> and like, he just is, you know, was untouchable almost during this campaign. And I don't know, just a, a huge sea change. Maybe Rob Ford came too early. Maybe, maybe the world is just sort of catching up with the Ford state of mind. I feel like the things in the world that have changed since, then the, the things that, that have developed over the past decade, the way we relate to each other on social media, the way the discourse generally is now, the various concerns and anxieties that exist in the ether have kind of caught up to a level of resonance. People like big, strong men. <laughs> 
<laughs> they're they are back in fashion uh, to an, to a degree they have not been in uh, some time, and and it, uh, Ford is nothing if not a a big man. Uh, I assume he's also strong, but I, I haven't tested that myself. I mean, st- strong physically, um, emotionally, I I, I, I I wouldn't venture to guess. Spiritually, uh, no. God bless the people of Ontario. I'm Allison Smith, publisher of Queen's Park Today, and... I would like to leave Ontario as soon as possible. That is always my feeling after a campaign. Uh, Luckily, I am going to California in a week and two days. So I I strategically plan my vacations for right after election campaigns. And I don't know why not every single journalist does this. I'm Jonathan Goldsby, news editor at Candleland, and I could have been at a screening of Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai at the Lightbox tonight. And I actually had tickets for that before I returned them after remembering, oh yeah, shit, uh, June 2nd's election night. And I feel like, I feel like I should have gone. And this is Wag the Doug, an election night special. Like Doug Ford, we're gonna get it done. So, Allison, where are you right now? I am home. I spent the evening uh, at the Toronto Congress Center in Etobicoke North. I took some highways to get there, took some highways to get back. Um, It was fine. They were selling uh, glasses of wine and beer for $12 a pop, and and they wouldn't let you in. Uh, Yeah, no. uh, After covering literally... 20 Ford events over the course of about a decade, going back to 2010, five seem to be uh, now unwelcome. I mean, and that includes many, many events at the Congress Center itself. Rob's 2010 campaign launch, 2010 election night, Rob's 2014 campaign launch, uh, 2015 Harper rally hosted by the Ford brothers, Rob's 2016 celebration of life, uh, Doug's 2018 leadership launch, and Doug's 2018 election night. This will actually be the first time, I believe, since 2006 that there will be an election in which a Ford has run and I'm not with them on election night. So... Uh, I, I suppose I was not their good luck charm after all. I, I think I stole that joke from someone on Twitter. I apologize. Well, I mean, you didn't miss much. The The balloons got stuck in the rafters. Uh, they didn't play the song Get It Done nearly as many times as they thought they would. Ford gave his standard, fairly standard speech. He read the whole thing off a teleprompter. Everyone cheered really uh-huh. loud for we're building a road to the ring of fire again. It's so I think... On. We were really on to something with the uh, the other uh, episode where we talked about the almost religiosity of that phrase. Um, but I mean, I guess the biggest takeaway from the night is as of recording this, the PCs have won 83 seats. So that's seven more than the last time uh, or they've, they've been elected in 80. They're leading in three. Um, the the 
NDP seems to have lost nine seats. The Liberals gained one seat. Very sad. Very honestly pathetic night for the Liberal Party. Um, and Stephen Del Duca, who has uh, announced he's going to resign as leader, as is Andrea Horvath. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that I guess Del Duca surprised me, but I guess I didn't really think they would do this bad. I didn't think they would do great, but I didn't think they would only pick up one seat. Why? Why, why, why did you think they would do better? Um, I don't know. I just thought that they, I mean, they were doing well in the polls, um, which I think I didn't fully believe they were doing as well as the polls said they were, but it seemed like they'd gained some sort of traction. And I thought maybe they had a chance at like flipping some Toronto seats. But I mean, Toronto St. Paul's, for example, they were running Nathan Stahl, who is a former Mm. science table member and like a a fairly well-known guy as far as this thing goes, but he was trounced and they just like ever they're like even the amount of, um, of votes they got. And, you know, the, my writing, for example, Parkdale high park, they were running again, kind of a, kind of a well-known guy, cream Bardisi. And he got less than half the votes of, um, Butilla Carpoche, the NDP incumbent. Like I thought that would just be, I just thought they would be closer races at least, um, but they just, (laughs) nobody liked the liberals. Well, I should say, Toronto St. Paul, my partner briefly worked for Jill Andrew, and I think I went to elementary school with Nathan Nathan Stahl. I think he was in my class. Um, I had a whole window open to all these writings, and they all closed. And uh, yeah, oh, Michael Ford has indeed won. It was pretty close. Uh, Yeah, with all the polls in York York Southwestern reporting, there is now another Ford at Queen's Park, Uh, Michael Ford, which will open up a seat on council, which will more than likely be filled with another another Ford. I don't know. I'm curious. I mean, that's the feeling, like, you know, it's always a running joke. Which is the, the next Ford? Um, well, speaking of Fords, we should say. So speaking Doug of Ford, Fords on this show. Yes. <laughs> speaking of Fords on this show, uh, Doug Ford watched the results from his family home in Etobicoke, surrounded by many Fords. Um, Ford was with his family before, including um, his wife, Carla, and Randy Ford was there. And um, how, how was his just hat? Three, three of his daughters. But I thought it was sort of funny, like, Two of the daughters were on the couch with with uh, him and Carla, and then one of his daughters was standing behind. And then there was just this armchair beside them that just had another young blonde woman, like the same age as the daughters. I don't know who she was, maybe a cousin or something, but it kind of just seemed like they had just substituted a fourth blonde woman in to, to look like maybe uh, the mm. missing daughter who who was Krista. Wasn't that something they did on like the Brady Bunch later on? They swapped out actors. Just like, uh, like this could be a Brady, I guess. You know, that's that's Jan now. What did you think of Ford's speech? Honestly, um, I watched it one. To be honest, I watched it one and a half times speed. It's really the only way to watch political speeches. It was a speech. It might be the least Ford speech of Ford speeches. Does that mean he has evolved? No, I think it just means he's learned how to read a teleprompter, which as far as I understand is not a terribly difficult skill. There are words in front of you and they scroll up along with your cadence and you you read them out loud. And um, he was capable at that, which is um, an unusual... Uh, well, what about yeah. the content? The content? I don't know. Was there content? It was just words, just oh. stuff. Was there anything I mean, notable? What he's trying you? to paint, if you... Uh, 
uh, you ask me, which I guess I'm asking me. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess it would do- Yeah, it's like a more united, bigger tent conservative party. Like he was, you know, and it's not completely different than things he said before. But for example, they picked up a seat in Hamilton, right? Which like the PCs did. Hmm. That's not a PC area. And they, they got an old, like Paul Miller, who's like an old labor guy. Uh, who the NDP asked not to run again. Um, and the NDP ran someone else and that PCs beat them. And they basically, I don't know, the, I guess just I'm thinking of like, you know, this labor coalition that they're trying to build and, um, you know, attracting new people to the party. Like that's the narrative they're trying to paint. And I guess kind of what they're doing. I mean, they didn't pick up that many seats, I guess. They picked up seven. Um, I, f- I mean, but yeah, I feel still like we- more. I mean, I, I still feel like we. I mean, we could have recorded the show this afternoon, and it would, you know, with making it made it fairly modular, and it would have been more or less the same. Like, oh, the PCs have won a majority; they picked up an extra seven seats, and Andrea Horvath resigned, Stephen Del Duca resigned. Um, but my point, it, I, I guess, I don't only. Really by the narratives of the PCs. I mean, it's very, they're doing, I do think a large part of it comes down to they're doing well because they have a charismatic leader and charisma is rare in Canadian politics and tends to go really far. I don't think it's all about that. I mean, there are there are, you know countless reasons a given party would win a majority of seats in Ontario. But I also do think it really is simple that the Liberals had a shitty leader and the NDP had a listless leader. I and we can say that in past tense now. Um, and I just yeah. I feel like that that is. It's I know it's it's so simple to reduce it all to that. But I really once again I do think we all, we almost like ignore the obvious at our at our peril. Uh, yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, I mean, I think. Whatever, like Horvath, I she tr- she tried a lot of times. I have no like really a will to her. I thought her speech was at the like she kind of gave a tearful. I know, speech, like oh my god, it was, sincerity, like, noble, and she whatever. I'm kind of proud of her. I think it's good that she resigned tonight and didn't like drag it out. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously a hard thing to do. And honestly, like, and she said this in her speech, like. Um, you know, she kept the NDP as an official opposition. That's hard. Like, it yeah. could have so easily if the Liberals had a different leader gone the other way. Absolutely. Um, I think it's honestly Del Duca that's like truly the pathetic one. Like his speech, <laughs> that's rude, but like his speech, he just kept talking about how proud he was of everything. And it's like, proud of what, dude? You like the people who chose to fight so hard. Um, and obviously, again, like it's hard to build back a party from nothing but like he didn't build back a party at all virtually and the liberal party has <laughs> some thinking to do and maybe this is you know what you said we're in a a different place i mean like centrism is out maybe i don't know i wouldn't go so have- far to say that i would just say that Certain messages tend to be able to travel farther. Certain modes of communication tend to go farther. Um, And it's really hard to come back from a third place position without someone 
I don't know, without really <laughs> knowing what you're doing. And I feel like, you know, we went to fucking liberal leadership debate two years ago, two years and, you know, one pandemic ago, not the pandemic, not, the, not that the pandemic's over, but, but we went to the debate, which, you know, we thought would be fun at least. And was, at that point, El Duca had already sewn it up, but they put on this fucking show anyway. And it's like, this election has gone as you would have imagined it would go, having seen Stephen Del Duca in person debate or just, you know, gently murmur with his uh, with these other leadership contestants. Like, how, do, how did they think it would go? Why did, like, I don't know. This is like this, the foreseeable disaster of the decade. Well, not the decade of the decade. Foreseeable <laughs> disaster of the decade is, is, is the climate apocalypse. But um, the, the foreseeable disaster sort of of this era in Ontario politics is like, well, yeah, uh, Stephen Del Duca is not the leader they ought to have had if they wanted to win. But like, yeah, this is... <laughs> exactly how you'd imagine a Stephen Del Duca election to go. And it's pretty much how you'd imagine Andrew Horvath election to go since we've seen three of those previously. I need to look like what percentage. Oh, I'm looking. And they basically actually this is interesting. So the NDP and the, the liberals got basically the exact same number of the popular vote as of right now. Mm. They both have one million and eighty five thousand votes, give or take. Mm. Uh, 189 votes off or something like that from each other. So incredibly close. And of course, those numbers just changed, but um, like within a percentile, Um, which is interesting because the NDP are projected at 31 seats and the Liberals eight. So the NDP just obviously have a more efficient um, like riding layout, right? The writings that they're fighting for, they just can Mm -hmm. like there's just ones they can win easier with fewer votes and the liberals vote just gets kind of sprinkled all around and and wasted for lack of a better word also a funny thing is that there's an independent mpp uh, an independent person who's leading bobby uh bobby ann let's see you made that up where is it um, is that a character from Waitress? Bobby Ann Brady, an independent candidate in Haldeman Norfolk, uh, won uh, that seat, which was a P- longtime PC seat. Um, the MPP used to be Toby Barrett, and the the PCs kind of basically kicked him out, and were like this other guy's running now, and unceremoniously he got not allowed to run again. Um, uh, and then he put Toby Barrett through his support but behind Bobby and Brady. And now we have an independent MP coming to MPP coming to Queen's Park. So that's interesting. That's Wait, a new one. But the a new Bobby and <laughs> sorry, Bobby, but Bobby and Brady was the executive assistant to Toby Barrett. Oh, I guess maybe her, her LinkedIn makes sense. identifies her. I mean, it's clear it hasn't been updated in a while, but it, uh, office of MPP Toby Barrett, November 1999 to present. Presumably, it's no longer at present, but, huh? Yeah, so that's weird. I didn't expect that. <laughs> I mean, I think the maybe the final thought, and I mean, I think this a little bit based on you know them not letting you in, Jonathan, is you know we have a, a an emboldened Doug Ford, oh, yeah. right? Like he pl- he was playing nice for a, the last year and m- a couple months. <laughs> Um, and he was on a tight leash um, with his organ, like uh, premier's office or campaign team people. As we talked about once, they kind of w- were merged into one thing. But like Corey Tonight and, and Nick Cavallis and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the goal was to win mm-hmm. um, and to 
make Ford behave a certain way and, and for the party to behave a certain way so that they would win. Mm-hmm. And they did. And they have even more buy-in to yeah. um, do whatever the hell they want. So yeah. I think, you yeah. know, I'm very interested to see how they uh, use this power and whether they're willing to, I don't know, take risks in oh, various yeah. ways that, that they would haven't been you remember how fucking batshit the first year was especially even the first six months he went in and threatened to use the notwithstanding clause or or, yeah he threatened to not use the notwithstanding clause to cut the sides of fucking toronto city council we did our first episode about that we kind of thought that we feared that all of his term would be like that would be the most doug ford doug ford that it would just be i think our first episode uh which was a few days after the council cut, so midsummer 2018, it was called dark, dirty, and disruptive. I don't think all three of those adjectives would necessarily characterize the duration of his tenure as premier. It's alternately been dark, dirty, and or disruptive, but all three of those, I wouldn't say it's been all three of those things all the time. But we thought like that was that was sort of this thing. There's this mean-spirited vindictiveness, like, ha ha ha, I have the power now. I am going to smash my use it to smash my enemies. Not that and when this case, I'm not characterizing my myself as for his enemy, but like, yeah, I mean, I sensed something was different. Like, even you were telling me like not to work, like I shouldn't have any worries about getting into the event. Like, it wouldn't be like I like you know they were just looking you know concerned about possible disruption, which obviously is not. My thing, or they all the method with a few snarky tweets, but I yeah I was I guess I was sensing something was different or had shifted in the last three four years, unless since the last time I attended a Ford event, that there was something more paranoid and vindictive, and that they would deny me well, simply because they yeah, could. I think they're just mad at you because you wrote about how Avon is dating Brian Lilly. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, it's that's probably primarily that. Um, yeah, I mean, and Brian Lilly, you know, he's, you know, he, he certainly he certainly got in. So I'm glad the domestic partner, the campaign's primary spokesman, was able to get in to offer his own coverage uh, as, it, as it should be. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. For our final weekly election campaign show, Jonathan, let's round it out by ranking some election night ephemera on our favorite scale, the scale of 1 to 413. Okay. So probably the best tweet I or anyone else have seen tonight was from the Globe and Mail's Timur Durrani, who's at the the main liberal event, the Stephen Dildick one in Vaughan, uh, who tweeted... An Ontario Liberal staffer just asked the DJ to play generic liberal music, that's in quotation marks, generic liberal music, at the party headquarters in Vaughan. They started playing Adore You by Harry Styles, followed with Style by Taylor Swift, songs they've played before. Twice. 
<laughs> now, the last time we had a clip of a Taylor Swift song on this show, Spotify flagged us, so we're not going to play these songs for you, but I imagine you can just look them up yourself. Um, that is a beautiful, wonderful tweet to actually capture a liberal staffer saying, stating the words generic liberal music. <laughs> Can't I mean that sums up? I mean it sums up the campaign. It sums up Stephen Dolduca. It sums up the liberals generally. Generic liberal music. Um, I rank that four hundred and thirteen. Awesome, <laughs> great tweet. I feel like something truly at four hundred thirteen would be have to be something so transcendent it would make me weep. And because I wasn't at the Ford event tonight, I didn't have an opportunity to have any of those transcendent experiences. So I'd have to give this merely a four hundred eleven out of 413. What do you rate the balloons getting stuck in the ceiling? That's pretty good. How stuck are we talking? What portion of the balloons were stuck and did they eventually, how what portion eventually fell? Well, I, I mean, before I left, I don't know if anything, when they were supposed to fall, like the confetti thing blasted mm-hmm. and then the balloons were supposed to fall and I'd say only 15% of them fell and one of the whole baskets didn't even open. So one of the baskets popped, like mm. released, and a few balloons came out, but most of them stayed stuck, and then the other one didn't p- fall at all, which is, I feel like, notable because uh, Doug Ford's, it's circular, right? Because the, the the PC convention where Doug Ford was um, elected mm-hmm. leader, it took so long to count the votes that they were supposed to have a victory speech or whatever mm. at, at the convention site, um, but... It, it went all night long and all the, they made all the supporters leave at one point. It was just like media. Anyways, they had like were prepared for a balloon drop at that event. And then they never dropped those balloons and eventually mm. had to just like take them down off the ceiling. And like, I don't even know what they did with them, um, like still in the basket. So um, or basket what net? I guess they're in a net. Yeah. So I, I just was, thought that was yeah. kind of funny because, you know, he he came into this world of provincial politics with uh, a flawed balloon drop and uh, he got another one tonight. They didn't fall at the Rob Ford's 2014 mayoral campaign launch, or at least didn't fall immediately, which offered the wonderful image of Randy Ford poking at them with a stick <laughs> or a long pole. See, they all have, the Fords have grown never, up. That's evolution. That. None of them bothered poking these with a stick tonight. See, that, yeah, <laughs> that's what I was like. If I mean, if, if you don't have at least one Ford trying to jam them with a stick, dislodge them with a stick, then is it even an election night? Or is it even an election event, right? So um, as far as flaccid balloon drops go, it sounds like it was like pretty... I don't know. I'd say 143 out of 413. It's a nice little anagrammatic. Is the anagrammatic an adjective? I don't know. A nice little, uh, yeah. Just it, it doesn't sound that great. I mean, I think a flood balloon drop isn't great by design, but I'll give it uh, to 30. So what's next, Jonathan? Okay. We're what's the next? PCs, you know, they have the option of going back to Queen's Park this summer to pass their budget. If you remember, they haven't done that yet. Um, there's going to be, I guess, interim leaders uh, in the NDP and the Liberal Party. Uh, so both of those, you know, we're going to they're going to have a bigger uh, number of MPPs on the government side of the bench, which was already pretty full. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have enough room for them all to sit on one side, to be honest. They might have to file some into the depending on how many seats go uh, onto the other side of the aisle. Um, so. Yeah, I guess that that's what we're looking ahead to. A, a Queen's Park even more dominated by Doug Ford and with even less opposition. 
So I guess this will all mean there will be at least four more years of Doug to keep wagging. That's it for the first age of Doug. See you in the the second age. And that was Wag the Doug, a show about generic liberal music. I'm Allison Smith, and you can find me in California. No, just kidding. I'll be on Twitter at Queens Park today. I'm Jonathan Goldsby, and maybe I'll track you down California. I'm not, I'm not going to go to California. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Goldsby. We're going on a bit of a break, but we will be back uh, with another episode in mid-July. When we'll have our energy back and be, be really hot and angry about something. Our producer is Kevin Sexton. Our managing editor is Karen Oudsorn. Uh, our theme music is by Nathan Burley. And thanks to Tiffany Lamb for helping me get set up on a particular recording thing that didn't end up working out, but, my, but I'm still appreciative. Our podcast is listener-supported. Go to wagthedog.com to help us keep this podcast going. Hey, WAG listeners, it's Allison, reminding you that this show cannot be made without you. If you've been thinking about becoming a Candleland supporter, we're having a pretty great sale right now. You'll get premium ad-free feeds of all Candleland shows, discounts on merch from our store, and exclusive bonus episodes from some of our podcasts. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to become a Candleland supporter. So from now until the end of May, we have a special offer for our listeners. For $2 a month, you can become a supporter and do your part to ensure we can continue making this show. And we really like making this show for you. Basically nothing costs $2 anymore. You could like get a bag of candy, a locker at a public swimming pool. I've been honestly trying to think of something that cheap and I'm not getting far. So sign up for just $2 a month for the next six months. Just go to canadaland.com slash join or click the link in your show notes to become a supporter today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.